0: Sports Yak. Oh One host no sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freeby. Forever! Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack Sports
1: Yak. It's sports Well,
0: okay. Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I was planning on going forever into eternity, but I have to stop. I'm one of your hosts on this adventurous ride that is known as Quality Check Podcast. I am Daniel Posey, and joining me, as always, across the internet, is Drew Douglas.
1: Evil dies tonight evil dies,
0: dies tonight. tonight. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun talking about the brand new Halloween Kills. I am very excited to hear your thoughts on Halloween Kills because I have wanted so many times to text you about various things that has happened in this movie, various phrases, various <laughs> characters, <laughs> some of the deaths. Like, there's just so much i want wanted to talk to you about. So... I saw this literally yesterday and I ended up watching this with my dad in a the theater and there were nine people total in a theater Ooh. that holds 298 people. Oh. So, we got a... Not an empty theater, but it was it was interesting. Everyone was super quiet.
1: Well, you say yesterday as in for everyone listening. There was a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Sunday night? Or would you say afternoon?
0: No, it was... It was a it was actually a weird time. It was at 4.25 p.m. We were originally going to see it at 1, and it kept getting pushed back. But it was just a few things uh, that were happening, family things, nothing bad. But my dad, he he owns a business, so it's really difficult for him to get away at times. And so there there were just a few things that he had to take care of before leaving because he's got uh, to hit the road and. Uh, visit me from out of town. So, with that being the case, he's been amped to see this movie. He's been really excited. Um, He watched the trailer through its entirety. It was tough for both of us to watch the trailer through its entirety because it gave so much away. Mm -hmm. Basically, throughout the entire movie, there were a lot of scenes that I wish that they just did not show. And they held it. Because, especially some of the deaths, it would have made it more impactful. Although... There's one big death scene that it's basically where Michael Myers becomes freaking Picasso. And <laughs> it's so, so bizarre. But I mean, maybe that's why they revealed so much in the trailer with some of these deaths. But there's so I, much. I
1: think they do it because the, the I think the target audience for this is hardcore Halloween fans Probably younger fans, and I don't think younger people care as much about spoilers as old people like you and I. True. Do we do we want to say full-blown spoilers ahead, just already throw it, sound the alarm right now?
0: I think so, because we are going to be diving in, talking about a lot of things, and I think revealing a lot as soon as we kick this off, which I'm ready to talk about it.
1: Let's do some movie stats real quick. The plot. It's about the Strode family once again fighting off Michael Myers, this time with the help from the Haddonfield community. This is the second of three new Halloween movies. Halloween Ends starts production in January and hits theaters next October 2022. Uh, Like the 2018 version, this one was directed by David Gordon Green. He wrote the script with Danny McBride and Scott Teams. The cast includes Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, Andy Matichak, Bill, not Bill, Will Patton, excuse me, and Anthony Michael Hall. Ooh. I, I think Michael is going to be a little bit pissed right now. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 101, 161 reviews. Right now, 39%. Ooh. It's a pretty big slip from the 2018 version, which sits at 79%. This is one... I would say is dividing not only critics, but audiences to this weekend. It made a solid $50 million in its opening weekend here in the U S not bad when you factor in that it's also streaming for free for uh, Peacock premium member- members F- streaming for free, which I should say my wife and I watched this at home on Peacock.
0: Yeah. What was that like Did do you miss that big screen type environment? Or not really?
1: A little bit. But I I am glad we watched it all the way through. We didn't have any stoppages, which sometimes we do. That is the downfall of watching at home is you can stop Mm. the movie five to ten times if you feel like it.
0: More tempted to, yeah, for sure. More
1: tempted to. Uh, So let's get right to it. You walked out of Halloween Kills thinking what?
0: So this will be a moment of truth for both of us. I will say I walked out of the theater talking to my dad about this. And I was, I just let it rip. And I said, I loved, like this movie is a hard R movie. I hard loves this movie until the very end, the final so, f- five minutes. So you like the
1: movie though, overall? Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm super mixed. My ultimate thing is it's not at all what I expected. I knew it would be different. I don't know if I
0: like it interesting
1: i think it has a lot of the elements from 2018 that just things that just don't make sense sure i I do think in time this will this will be one that i do like and i and i think i said this earlier when halloween ends when we have this full trilogy this full quadrilogy i think this one will be kind of an outlier in several reasons but we will like this more when everything is said and done
0: it's, it's fascinating because as soon as the movie ended, my dad said the, pretty close to what you said, he's like, hmm, yeah, not not what I was hoping for. Yeah,
1: that's what my wife said. She goes, that's not what I wanted in the sequel. Yeah. Which is, I think, a feeling that a lot of people have. But let's do what's the best thing about Halloween Kills. Whew.
0: My best thing, favorite thing about Halloween Kills, I have to say, is it's the chaos Michael leaves behind in his bloody war path.
1: I like, uh, I I guess this might be along those lines. I do like how Michael's attack in 1978 just flat out affects every person in Haddonfield. Mm. 40 years later, they're still talking about it. They, like, can't get over it. Yeah. So I actually think that's kind of a smart aspect of this... that happens long ago it just haunts everyone that still lives there
0: which is very reminiscent of what carpenter always wanted in the dna of halloween where say one night there's a killer serial killer goes on the loose just randomly killing people there's no reason to it that's really the true essence of evil that there's no reasoning with it There's no way of trying to understand it. It's just evil. It's evil inside of a person, of a man who's masked. And the idea that similar to how Michael is wearing a mask, the town also is, because of that, the the rampage that happened, that was all at, at random. It was this town is a shell of itself and it can't move on because they're living in fear but beyond that, it's very similar to uh, Michael Anthony Hall's um, character where he's just can't move on, and he's stuck. He's stuck in the past. I think that's such a fascinating way of exploring this psychology of a franchise that, quite frankly, this has, hasn't been explored before in Halloween, I think. I also found it to be interesting where the characters were 100% supportive of Laurie, like those who experienced that with her, including our favorite to talk about, Tommy Doyle.
1: In this one, he's protective of Laurie in a way. He's just like, you saved me. I won't mm-hmm. let this happen to you again. I, I will take this on.
0: I think there's a lot, in my opinion, with these characters to love, but also they make some r- truly brain-dead decisions. Oh, yeah. And they're that's, all idiots. That's, when
1: <laughs> it comes down to like game time, they're stupid.
0: Yeah. It's frustrating. Very frustrating. That's where this movie definitely felt like a throwback slasher movie and reminiscent to some of the early Halloween films, maybe even the Friday the 13th films, to be quite frank. Or as just well.
1: horror in general. Like it, the yeah. whole thing is built on stupidity. <laughs> yeah. And this is a movie where characters literally come together to discuss defeating Michael. And that involves staying together and then they immediately break apart.
0: I, I do like what you said. I think the characters, and this is kind of, uh, this is where I start to get the into the mixed category. I was willing to be more forgiving of it because you have these characters who are so drained of any kind of normal life that they can't, and and we get, I I find it fascinating the way they approach this as well. Because, we end up getting these characters who can't move on yet. We've got newer characters such as Marcus and Vanessa, who um I ended up having a freaking crush on Vanessa the entire time. uh Watching she did this for like two minutes. <laughs> and I know, but I still, I was like, she's, I thought she was annoying. Uh I I like that couple Marcus and Vanessa, but I wish they were in it longer. And, However, once again, some brain-dead decisions they ended up making that got them all killed. But nonetheless, I find that fascinating the way that they were introduced to these characters and to spend more time with them over the last Halloween, the 2018 version, because we got a taste of them there. Here, we get to see how they would react in terms of hearing the stories of what Tommy and Lonnie and all the other OG characters went through on that original night. And that they're like, wow, this is, it's messed up. And I find that to be very fascinating and diving into the psychology of characters, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense at times. I think I'm much more forgiving of this film and like it because it plays so closely to what John Carpenter wanted of that original film where we have this town, not just Lori, but the entire town that's haunted by, oh, wow, Michael's gone. Is he, like, more than just a man? Did How did he escape? Or did he just run off and he dies in the woods? We don't know. At least at, by the end of the, the first movie, it's like, you know, we're left. There's that larger than normal air of suspicion. So with this film, we get to see what was kind of set in, in terms of the foundation that John Carpenter had with the damaged community itself. But I think for myself, one thing that really sold me is whenever Tommy Doyle gets up on stage and he starts basically telling a ghost story, but it's a real-life story. I, I'm a sucker whenever it comes to ghost stories, hence... Why I love John Carpenter's beginning of the fog. I know it,
1: that's what I was thinking. I almost wish mm-hmm. it was shot a little differently.
0: Yeah, and that if it were set up like that, and it's almost a parallel of telling a a current version of that story, but now it's happening again, and they can't move on, and now there are going. It, it basically is the next generation of it's passing down because evil never dies in that regards that. They were affected now. The younger generation's affected. I think it's, if, if like you said, if it was shot in a different way, I think there's a way to really drive some of these points home that if they took a longer crack at this film, this could have been a masterpiece.
1: Let's get into the worst thing about Halloween Kills.
0: I will say the, the thing that got me, and th- this is truly what got me, and uh, it hurt because I was in in the movie, loved it. They surrounded him, the mom mentality. All right, they've got him down there. And then they turn into monsters themselves. All right, that's a little heavy-handed, that comment at the hospital about, well, you know, maybe we we're turning into him. Okay, they didn't need to say that. But when they all surround Michael and they're basically pulling a RoboCop and beating him up t- t- until <laughs> he dies. yeah. Uh, but, and then he turns and he starts killing them. That made me so mad because it's like, you all know better. And beyond that, now we're turning this person who, for the most part, in the first Halloween and then the 2018 David Gordon Green Halloween, he is a man. And there is the suspicion of, could there be more? I think it's the fear that's in those characters that drives him to being more than a man. Now he's become that. He's, as Laurie said, he's ascended to another almost universal being. That lost me because I'm like, the idea of him ascending, it's not him. It's the idea of what Michael represents. It's the symbolism of what he's left behind in his wake. And some of those things that it this movie's building to, and then it almost destroys it in the very uh, final few minutes. And then the other thing that's truly asinine <laughs> is whenever freaking Karen, the, the ultimate Karen move happens, and she just like freaking gets obliterated. Um, mm. and yeah, just staring out the window. That, I
1: mean, I guess that goes back to the past, always comes back, you know, yeah. So you don't like the idea that he is, you don't like the supernatural
0: element? That's It's a weird idea for me to bring that up and say no, because normally I would say I love the supernatural idea. I I love it being, in this case, a symbolism, uh, something that is supposed to represent, could he be? I like it towing the line of, is he or is he not? But whenever they truly answer that—that that he is more than just a man—I'm like, ah, I really so wish it, that was left up for us to decide: is he or is he not?
1: Yeah, you had to. You go. Are we the ones that have created this monster? Yeah, basically in our own minds, and we're giving him that power. Mm-hmm. I do think it's weird. They they went to such great efforts to say movies two through whatever are non-canon anymore. They they didn't happen. They poke fun at Laurie and Michael being related in the 2018 film by right. saying, oh, that's just something they came up with for whatever reason. Yet they keep digging into the wells of the movies that came before it, which is Halloween 6, which was trying to explain how Michael has the power to do what he does, which is this cult. It's supernatural. hmm I, I still I like the supernatural element but it it's not I guess it's not clear enough for me whether that's true or not
0: So you think by the end of this it there's not enough answered still to decide whether or not he is
1: no I okay. I still think it's up in the air because I feel like the sheriff sheriff Hawkins is like no that's that's not the case like you're not right about that. I don't know who's the main character of this movie is it Tommy is it sheriff Hawkins? You could even argue it's Michael. Because uh, 2018, that is Lori's movie. Mm-hmm. This is, I guess, maybe Karen's movie, and the third, ideally, would be Allison's movie. But I feel like Karen doesn't make... She doesn't leave a huge lasting impression in this film that would justify her being the main character, other than the ending. And then she's a huge... She's a huge focus, I guess, in the whole mob mentality story thread. And then, uh, obviously, I've just talked about things being completely illogical. I don't understand how Michael can scoot around Had- Haddonfield so fast and yeah. be so undetected.
0: I did, love, I did love the aspect of where we see the flashback with Lonnie and he falls, and then he sees him and he's gone. And same way with Hawkins, where he shoots him and he's gone. And... Hawkins,
1: by the way, has the worst aim of any professional law enforcement agent in In maybe history. Like, the dude should not have a gun in his hand. If you you can't shoot Michael, you're at the top of the stairs and you can't shoot him and he's four feet below you. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Like, does he also have a, he has like an invisible shield over him that's deflecting (laughs) the bullets? Like, what's going on?
0: The, uh, I will say that in terms of them because that is very tongue-in-cheek for them to say like he's here and then he's gone that also plays into the whole supernatural element of and I love that they're they skirt that in terms of well is there more to it than this I do that I like I like that you know just towing the superstition line and to me that is funny but also I like what they're doing with that and it is it is i think more than anything thinking about it to me comical the fact that michael as you said just scoots around willingly <laughs> and so easily
1: and no one ever notices him <laughs> and there's massive bloodshed all over the freaking town i guess too i and this ended and i'm so mixed on it that i'm like did we need to turn this into a trilogy is there enough to justify yeah, three new films. Like, this Yeah, does nothing to necessarily add to the story or build on the legacy of this story. I guess the argument is you watch all three of these movies at once. It's like one massive movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's where I really stood at the end of this. I'm like, oh, man, I really wish this was the conclusion. And we have the OG Halloween, and that's the... Halloween, which honestly, it should have been Halloween Returns, or that should have been yeah. Halloween Kills, and then this is Halloween Ends, or whatever. So, point is that it's one of those that this is the third and final, where even though we get two movies, this is the third in the trilogy, if we will, if we just count David Gordon Green's first film, this one, and then John Carpenter's original. I would have been okay with that because I thought, all right, So this seems like it was building to something and we were going to get a conclusion. And then the final few minutes, throw that out the window. And it's like, okay, we're gonna go back to like you said, dip into the same well we've dipped in multiple times before that we've retconned these other versions.
1: (laughs) They've already retconned it before because they did it with H2O. Yeah. Like how many times are we gonna do this? I do, and I'm trying to think here, maybe I'm wrong. We went into the 2018 movie th- not knowing this was going to be a trilogy, right? It does really well and then they announced two more movies to wrap it up. Cuz I feel sure, yeah. like at the end of the 2018 movie he's in the house, it's on fire and we assume he's dead until the end of the credits when you hear him breathe, which implies that we're going to get another one of these at some point. But I don't think they from the get-go planned a trilogy, right?
0: See, I want to say when that movie came out, we didn't know, but didn't Danny McBride and David Gordon Green talk about that they had one or two more scripts in mind, and they were already yeah. writing it.
1: I think they they said they have two more like ideas, but I don't think it was official. And I don't, I'm just trying to think of the timeline. It really, at this point, obviously doesn't matter because they're all coming out. Yeah. Let's do Loves, Hates now for the flashbacks to Halloween night 1978. That's when Michael goes nuts. Uh, keep in mind, he only kills four people and two dogs. I'm actually weirdly more saddened by the dogs than yeah. he killed and ate, if I'm being completely honest.
0: Me too, especially whenever we end up seeing that in the uh, in the home.
1: It's like, I don't care about... The kids that are plowing, um, (laughs) having sex outside of marriage and smoking pot and drinking, they deserved
0: it. (laughs) For a loves, hates that, um, on first watch, I like it, but I don't know if I'm going to like it on rewatch. So I'll say loves, but it did seem like they spent a lot of time on Mm -hmm. that. And if they cut that out, the only thing, here's my thing. I... You know, it's cool, like, what they did with Donald Pleasance and the fact that they got this actor. Um, is it, like, Tom Jones Jr. or something like that? <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and what they did is they took his DNA and they actually created a version of Donald Pleasance for this film, and then they killed him.
0: They're like, you can't you can't keep a living because you're just a clone. Um, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> for For this, it was... I thought that was cool... But I don't know. Like, I, I just feel... It's almost like they had to add on to Hawkins just to expand that character a little bit more. And
1: he, You think he's dead in the first one. It doesn't even matter.
0: Yeah. I will say, though, doing this
1: is actually good because it fills in some holes that creeped up when they decided to erase everything from the second film on. Sure. The big, the, the biggest thing being how does Michael even end up in the psychiatric hospital? Because at the end of Halloween, he shot falls out the window and then he's vanished. So that's the only, that is smart. I just think it takes up too much time.
0: Yeah. I, I think they definitely spent way too much time on that. I dug it, but I think that's my largest critique with it. Other than that, I'll say I loves it. I think that they nailed the look. It did look like something John Carpenter had shot. And it was, it, I think it was well done for that. Just it should have been tighter.
1: And when I heard this was going to have flashbacks, I literally thought it was just going to be from the original movie or footage from two. I didn't know they mm. shot something completely new. So that was cool. <laughs> loves Hates, focusing so much of the story on the Haddonfield side characters... That includes OG characters that return from the 78 movie and new ones introduced in this new trilogy.
0: I will say I love that. It does give it this ensemble cast. I know you asked earlier about who's the main focus. It comes off as if it's the town. Like, that's the town. Uh, yeah. They're I, the I, main character. I
1: think so too. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I dig that because it's where it now opens up this giant gaping wound to it's not just Lori and her family it's the entire community and I I, I do like that aspect I think that it needs to be uh, flushed out a little bit more and I do like the OG characters coming back and I do like that some of them live and that there are new ones introduced I love that too but they should have kept them alive or at least part of them because now it's I mean, this sounds really sick to say it, but it's like now they've been past this baton of evil where now they have to live with this for the rest of their life, just like the characters that came before them.
1: Loves, hates, Haddonfield goes after Michael. And the mob mentality story thread, aka Evil Dies Tonight. I felt like this had a huge Trump, Capitol riot um, vibes to it. This was actually done... They actually started shooting this uh, around September of 2019. Oh wow! Into November, so this was done a handful of months before the whole Capitol riot thing. Weird foreshadowing in a way, I think. Or am I off base
0: with that? No, I could, vibe? I could, I could see you thinking that. It's interesting because from this, I took away two things. One is kind of like the social media, like you said, the jumping in, and it's the. Let's not ask questions. Let's not stop to think about it. And it's less so the second one, but it's almost like a cancel culture type thing that when when it's like they finally get what they want, then they're on to the next thing type thing. But more truly, I think about a self-critique of our own behaviors in terms of when one person or maybe in a small group, they say something and then it erupts into something bigger. And it just keeps snowballing out of control. It's, it
1: snowballs too. And even they realize that they're going after the wrong person. They're like, we're in it too deep. We like yeah. we can't stop. We have to see this through. I uh, Side note, I, th- I just think if you're going to get a mob together and go after Michael Myers, a guy that you know is just super dangerous, but a singular man... Um, why are you not bringing dynamite or like a bazooka or something (laughs) like use your head now granted this is a movie and if you just blow him up there is no conclusion but (laughs) real life this situation is unfolding don't go with knives and a baseball bat like shoot the guy with something that's going to blow up a house or something
0: what was that old huckleberry or something like that oh yeah
1: kiss the bat baby (laughs) Uh, I want to play a random game this is just one trivia
0: question for you
1: here it is. How many people does Michael kill in Halloween Kills? Wow. What's the death count?
0: I'm going to say 33.
1: You, I'm really close. Uh, technically, I guess it's 30. Oh. And then we have, um, I guess, the suicide of that poor psychiatric patient would be 31.
0: A wow. lot I, is the it, point. I just randomly guessed because... Like, for example, the firefighters, didn't they say that nine died in the firefighters? I I think think? it was
1: 13. I think (sighs) right off the bat, he has killed like 13. Wow. Uh, I should say, I don't know if this 30 includes people from the 2018 film. I think this is just in kill. So it's actually more than 30. That's the highest of any Halloween film, including the Rob Zombie ones where we had like a super shredder version of Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, this is why I bring back the OG Halloween, four people die. Think of how much this has just been amplified. Kind of segues into loves hates, the movie's extreme violence. This movie is super violent, super, yeah. super, super violent.
0: Yeah, I-, I...
1: It almost, there's times when this, this goes back to what movie are we making, because we're we're incorporating elements already done before, this really really leans into what Rob zombie did, which was just a very, very aggressive and violent Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. I and mean, they almost take that and just amplify that even further.
0: yeah, because I mean, for example, the first or at least David Gordon Green's first Halloween film, he had a few kills like whenever he literally bashes the teeth out of the guy in the gas station. <laughs> And he freaking drops that over the stall. Like, that's pretty freaking violent. And it's like, who has he become while just letting this fester, this this pain slash evil? So it does make you wonder, has this grown into something that he's just allowed this beast to be pent up and then he's letting this beast out?
1: Was he always this violent? He just didn't quite do it the first time? I do think... I, I say that he does things that defies logic and he so he'll kill someone and then take the time to literally display their body <laughs> on a merry-go-round or he'll put the, a little ghost sheet over <laughs> like a dead body. <laughs> he takes time to do that, which is just insane to me. But I forgot in the OG John Carpenter version, at one point, he sneaks up the stairs. He's wearing a sheet, mm-hmm. acting like a ghost in front of that girl. So, he's always been kind of a trickster.
0: Yeah. Where does that come from? Like, what what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's weird because I was thinking about this and talked a little bit to my dad about this, but is it where, because obviously, DGG's first Halloween goes into, he's in this hospital... And he's mentally unstable. Are they going with that he's mentally unstable and because of that he's... I think in, in this, at one point, they said that he's really a six-year-old. He's still a six-year-old. And it, it, he's stuck in this grown man's body that is able to do some really terrible things. So are they going with that he is still going to do certain things that it's like seen as... <laughs> Playful, although albeit very gruesome. Playful. <laughs> I mean, like, like does when he I, find this funny or not? Is I he doing so. it
1: for a laugh, or is he just doing it because he knows it's really going to mess with some people?
0: I think I think it's one of those where it's like seen as fun, and I, I'm going out on a limb. That's my guess. It's a to- I have no idea, but it's just based in, like you said, he in the first one he throws a sheet over himself, and it's like he wants to play a game. He's like little jigsaw, and then <laughs> we've got in the last film.
1: <laughs> just imagine if that is an actual person. He's like this will be hilarious.
0: <laughs> it's messed up. It's messed up. But I think that's that's my guess. Um, in terms of the violence, because like you said, it's it is extremely violent. I don't. Uh, there is one part, and it was kind of getting to me. And it's the firefighters because it's like man, they're just going into. You know, save anyone else in this home. And the way he just like obliterates this crew and he's vicious about it, you know, it's not like he takes a gun and shoots them, they're gone. It's where he was hacking them up and chopping his way through. And that, that, that sucked. That was rough. But like this movie is, I don't know, it's weird to say I love the extreme violence, but it lives up to the name. I'll say that. Halloween. I mean, Kills. I.
1: I had fun with it.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, it seems weird to say that, but I, I did That's what that. we're paying for. I mean, let's be honest.
1: Uh, we're sick people and we want to watch this. <laughs> so he kills 30 plus people, uh, some off screen, a lot on screen. Let's do Michael's best kill. I have eight options. If you think it's a different one, by all means, bring it up. I'll, I'll try to go through this quick. Uh, number one, Michael goes wild on firefighters and first responders. Again, very sad. They're just doing their job. I guess this also sparked some controversy. Two people started a online petition to like get this movie boycotted or taken out of theaters because they were offended. And then I guess people countered that with their own petition that got more signatures somehow online. I do think uh, so. That's that's kind of strange. I wasn't offended. I mean, it's it's the hazards of the job. I guess in this scenario, he's not targeting firefighters. They just
0: happen to be there. I mean, this is. I think it raises, once again, another very fascinating point. When you've got someone who's just off the rails like Michael, and you are, doing, like you said, doing a job to save lives, but yet you don't know what you're running into that house to to rescue or who to rescue. And it turns out it's someone like Michael or something like Michael. I mean... That's terrifying. That, that really makes brings this idea of evil to another level because that's messed up.
1: I, I, do, I think if you're thinking along that line, though, you have to go, what if it's more interesting if they save Michael? He doesn't kill them and he just disappears and goes oh. and continues. Uh, number two, Michael kills Marion, then hangs her from the swing set. Marion is a character we met in the original film. She's back. Uh, Number three, Marcus gets stabbed through the eye and skull, then gets dumped on a merry-go-round. Again, something where he brutally, brutally kills somebody and then plays with their body. Uh, Number four, the drone couple. Michael breaks into the home of an elderly couple and goes to work. This one is super vicious. The woman gets a fluorescent bulb shoved in her throat. Her husband is then dumped on the kitchen table and she dies watching Michael ram knives into his back. What in the heck is that all about?
0: <laughs> it is mad. That's what up. I'm
1: watching going, what in the why? Uh, number five, Allison's bad boyfriend, Cameron, gets his head nearly twisted completely off <sighs> in Michael's revamped former home. Number six, Big John and Little John. <laughs> Little John is off screen, but Michael squeezes Big John's head and then shoves his thumbs into the poor bastard's eye sockets. <laughs> Michael then arranges their bodies to recreate a photo of the two of them that's on their mantle. <laughs> like, so he took the time to wander around their house, find a photo, and then pose them. Oh, my he gosh. time to do that? Uh, number seven, Michael goes full Jason Bourne and takes down an angry mob, which includes Tommy Doyle, who he beats to death with Tommy's own baseball bat, and then number eight. This one is more shocking than violent, but it's it's Michael ambushes and kills Karen.
0: Mm. Honestly, while you were reading the Big John, Little John, I didn't think too much about it, but it's just the just the the intensity and the fact that whenever they're going into the home and we hear the soft rock playing or something like that. <laughs> And we see the camera pan across this photo of them so happy. And then it pans down to see this (laughs) grotesque portrait of them recreate. It's so weird. But I I felt so bad, but I laughed so loud during that. I thought I was going, someone's going to get mad at me. But it was just the fact it's like, it goes down to, like, he has so much time on his hands. He's like, what can I do to mess with people?
1: It's the night that never ends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I don't I don't understand how he has time to do it, but he's a, a productive individual. So, is that your favorite? Because I think, honestly, that's mine. Just because uh, it's so insane.
0: That's that's not... While you were reading it, I was thinking that. I may have to change it. But uh, my original thought, and I'm going to give it to Cameron, because the Ooh. entire... the it's sad. It's like... Yeah, and it's Michael. It's bad. Yeah, and then the and fact that- And he gets that-
1: beaten up for like three minutes straight leading up to his head getting twisted. I almost wish he had ripped his head completely off. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just go that extra step, right?
0: I, I thought that was going to happen, to be honest, because when we see her and she's on, you know, at the bottom of the stairs, and she's seen this happen, that's why I have to give it that depth. It's like the the- wildest best kill because he just keeps going and going and going and Cameron's still alive and he's suffering through it all and the fact that he's doing his best to try to be there and make up for his wrongdoing of the first film and he's you know seems to come off as like this trying to become a stronger character and then he just gets freaking obliterated (laughs) I was
1: I was happy to see him again yeah. He just vanishes in that first one and I'm like, wow. He he does two douchey things in that movie and doesn't pay the price. Well, he yeah. pays the price, quite frankly. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> so that's um, mine. Do you say Big John, Little John? I,
1: I will. I I think the drone couple one is just almost too gruesome. Yeah. So what are your thoughts and your hopes and your dreams for Halloween ends? I I will say in recent days David Gordon Green has confirmed that the next movie takes place around four years after Kills. Oh. I, I originally thought all three of these movies would take place on Halloween night. Now we know this one takes place in the future. It will apparently address the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. It will be not only about what this night has done to the people in Haddonfield, this, this new murder spree, but it's it's how they've been affected by that and the pandemic and how life is different. For um, real? Yeah. And David Gordon Green has also said this one, this middle chapter is the chaos, the final chapter is is more contained.
0: You know, that's fascinating because I know part of laurie's final monologue is where she said it may not be tomorrow or it's something like it may not be tonight, and it may not be tomorrow but he will re- reappear maybe on the sunset of an of another Halloween, something like that. And I'm like, hmm, are they going to drag it out? Because that seems like they're going to push this off. And, I, you know, the thing is, they have to explain the whole him getting beaten and escaping all of that a little bit more. Because, I, you know, maybe he goes to recover, and that's why he's just messed up big time and
1: which is something they did with like halloween five he lives with the the homeless person for like a year and then on halloween comes (laughs) comes back out so if they do that we are again recycling
0: yeah i mean that's honestly this well and the other thing it was halloween four right whenever it's the mob the small militia in town Mm -hmm. that goes after michael right
1: yeah that's that's a a the return of michael myers that is When we first introduced the mob, it's not quite a mob. It's like five guys that go out and they accidentally kill. That was another one. They think they kill Michael Myers. They kill someone that's just wearing a mask trying to be funny. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't know. I do think it's, I I would be interested to see where Laurie and Allison are in four years and again, it's just that looming dread of we know this is going to happen again and we're still, we can't move on.
0: Yeah, I, I think that would be interesting for sure to explore that. And I think it does have to become the granddaughter story at that point. And then it will end with Lori dying because she, it, the foreshadowing's way too heavy there in terms of her saying, this only ends with me dying, killing Michael. And it's going to be one of those epic showdowns. We're going to get that. And I think we will see Michael die. But I think we will will be left with the thought of, like at the end of DGT's first Halloween three years ago, where Allison's left holding the bloody knife. And it's like, wait, what's going on here? Are they insinuating that she's going to become a killer? She's going to become (laughs) the next Michael Myers? Like... I think. Well, then we've done that with Jamie Lloyd <laughs> <I know. laughs> at the end of. I do think Michael's
1: going to die for good. Let's do top three Halloween franchise. Numero three, I have Halloween four, The Return of Michael Myers. I oh. like this
0: one a lot. It may just be the fact of the recency effect, but I'm going with this film. Ooh. Halloween kills because. You know, I know we've talked about throughout this entire show in terms of how this movie borrows so many different ingredients from other films. The return, that small militia idea, but Halloween kills or erupts the entire town. There are various aspects as well that it borrows from Michael returning and, and the way he gets around town. And, you know, it's just... You could say that it borrows too much. For me, I think it follows so close to the DNA that Carpenter had set up that it hit on all the right cylinders. I may drop this later on, but right now I've got to go with Halloween Kills as number three. Uh,
1: Number two, I have the original Halloween 1978.
0: Ooh. All right, so this gets interesting. And I think as of recent, it's less controversial, but number two for me, it's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Oh,
1: you know, I almost have that in my top three. Uh, it's probably number four, but yeah, fantastic. Masterpiece. Uh, and then number one, I have Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2. I still like that one a lot. I Ooh. love it. I love, love, love it.
0: My number one is the OG John Carpenter Halloween. I, I love what he set out to do. I love that this idea of, you know, who is the boogeyman? Who is the shape? Just this entire structure of really an existential dread and then it looms over the town. So that's why I had to give it to Halloween Kills because of the three these three movies, my top three, it all follows very closely to John Carpenter's DNA. It started with the Halloween film. After that, he wanted to be done with Michael Myers as we've talked about so many times in the past. And then... The studio said we we made too much money, we want to bring him back. And then he literally went to the gas station, picked up a six-pack, banged out a script, and killed out off Michael Myers and Halloween too. And that's because he wanted to be done. And then his original idea for Halloween is it would tell different stories of evil on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it then, just
1: all it's it always happens. And I do yeah. I said this the last podcast. I think that's the direction you go next for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I agree. I, and that would be great to see that. And that's why Seizing the Witch is just up there because it tells a completely different story, following in the DNA that Carpenter set out to do. And then Kills, once again, as I said, follows in pursuit of of that those foundations that Carpenter set out so long ago to do. So I really wonder what Carpenter thinks about this, or if he's very much so, like, shrugs his shoulders and eh, at least I get paid.
1: <laughs> no, I think he's pretty invested because with Halloween Ends, DGG is talking about the script. Uh, they have two new writers that worked alongside him and McBride, and he talks about how one of the recent drafts he sent to Carpenter for notes. So they're, mm. he's involved in this whole thing.
0: And I, I think it shows. I really do. I think it does show.
1: Uh, there's a crap ton of easter eggs in this i have a bunch obvious ones laurie spends the movie in the hospital similar to the original halloween Mm -hmm. 2 we see the iconic silver shamrock halloween mask featured in halloween 3 season of the witch which we mentioned loves a slew of characters from the 78 movie appear in this including a former nurse named marion now michael attacks her in that 78 1978 movie while she's in her car, when he first breaks out of the hospital, he climbs on the roof, smashes through a window, tries to grab her. She ends up escaping. Now, in this new one, the same thing basically happens, mm-hmm. only she doesn't get away. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has now appeared in six Halloween movies, which overtakes the late Donald Pleasence for most in franchise history. Uh, you found this one. A news report on the TV shows victims from the 1970 massacre, including a character named Bob, David Gordon Green, the casting team. They could not get in contact with that original actor. So they used an old picture of actor Bob Odenkirk (laughs) because he looked like the character. I guess DGG is a huge fan of Odenkirk. Odenkirk signed off immediately.
0: This is where I, how I caught it because my dad and I, we were just sitting in the theater, just us two talking about this movie. And at the very end, it pops up Bob as played by Bob Odenkirk. I thought, what? Where? Like who? Because he's in the credits. He's a final person mentioned in the cast. And right above him, guess who's right above him? PJ Souls. Is that how you pronounce her name? Um, She's the one that uh, is killed, the babysitter that's killed in the first OG Halloween film. Yeah, She's got the pigtails. But I can't remember what her name was listed under. I'm assuming that it was just in the news report. I'm I'm guessing that it was new footage that they used with her or something like that. And they just gave her credit for that.
1: Now, I noticed this one. One of the firefighters mauled by Michael is named Gamby. He has a Gamby name tag. Now, Danny McBride, who co-wrote this movie... He played a character named Neil Gamby on the HBO show Vice Principals. I was proud mm. of myself when I saw Gamby. And uh, that's all I had.
0: So, there is a... Um, oh, shoot. Uh, no, I don't. For some reason, there there is one other thing <laughs> that I was thinking of. I'm like, oh, crap. I, and I can't think of it. I will say, I found it interesting that with Big John, Little John, it's less of an Easter egg and more of just attention to detail. But one time, whenever Tommy is gathering the the gang there on the streets, we see on one of the park benches where apparently Big John, and Little John are they're apparently this either real estate uh, couple or they are a, a lawyer couple because they there's a sign on a bench, but half of it's ripped off. And that's fun. Yeah, and so but, it's like.
1: See, I like the world building that this does because we are introduced to Marcus and his wife in the first mm-hmm. film. They're maybe in it for like a minute. Yeah, and then they, we see them again a little more fleshed out in this one.
0: I, this is going to sound really wild and bold, but I think this may be the best sequel Halloween film we've we've received in terms of correlation with the story that follows up one story to the next. I argue this is better than the first G G Halloween.
1: Yeah, they're two different
0: beasts. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. They, I mean, they're they are. so different. Oh, man, what a bloody, bloody exciting time. Well, film fans, thanks for joining us on yet another thrilling installment, bloody installment of Quality Check Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Join us next time when we talk updates on the the uh shoot i was gonna say fall actually it is the fall movie fantasy draft
1: yeah you're not wrong it's still fall.
0: yeah fall movie fantasy draft i'm already thinking that we're closing on winter we are but it's still fall so join us next time when we talk about the fall movie fantasy draft and until next time keep watching